This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace recently launched the latest version of their platform, Squarespace 7, which has a completely redesigned interface, integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps, 15 new templates, and an incredible feature called Cover Pages. Try the new Squarespace with a free trial at squarespace.com and enter offer code HAPPY at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. Guess what, guys? It's time for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. We're back at it. I'm back at it. It never stopped. But I was in L.A. over the weekend. Um, I uh, Last weekend, rather, by the time you, you listen to this, another weekend will have just passed. But uh, uh, I got to go out to the Golden Globes, which was amazing. Amazing. Um, I've done it a bunch of years now. And it's silly, wacky, insane, stupid fun. Uh, saw actually a bunch of previous happy, sad, confused guests there. Saw Eddie Redmayne, saw Michael Keaton, got a high five from Michael Keaton, which basically made the whole trip worthwhile. The fact that he knows that I exist and validates my existence in some way. That's why I get into podcasting. That's why I do this. No, not really. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was cool to see a bunch of some of the the best actors and filmmakers working today, uh, and people wearing lots of silly dresses. That's what the Golden Globes is all about. Silly dresses and some actual talent sprinkled throughout. Um, but I'm back uh, here in New York, uh, home base, very happy to be home for a few days before um, the Sundance Film Festival gets away. But I'll talk about that probably when I get back, maybe on the next podcast or two. But in the meanwhile, you want to know about this week's episode, probably. That's why you're here. You're not here to hear about my travels. Um, I talked to somebody that I've gotten a chance to get to know pretty well, as well as anyone can in this industry uh, over the last few years. Um, cool guy by the name of Sam Claflin. Sam Claflin has uh, been in a lot of big, big films in a very, you know, young career. He, uh, of course, stars in the Hunger Games series. He came on board uh, during uh, Catching Fires, Finnick, and that was like a hugely sought-after role. Uh, but prior to that, he'd already been in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and of course Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, and he is, so he's been seen by a lot of people, and now he's kind of getting to, as you'll hear in this interview, you know, some of the harder work in a way, some of the more interesting work. I mean, blockbusters are, are fun, but Sam, um, I think, envisions more of a well-rounded career for himself. So um, that includes a film like the one we talk a bit about um, today called Love, Rosie, which is kind of an adorable romantic comedy, definitely cut from like the cloth of like those classic rom- romantic comedies, those Richard Curtis romantic comedies that uh, we all love. Uh, this one stars Sam alongside uh, Lily Collins, who's awesome as well, and makes a tiny kind of sort of appearance in this podcast. Very brief. Listen out for it. Um, and, uh, Love Rosie comes out February 6th, so check it out, um, in, in release. I'm sure it's gonna pop up on VOD and every other method to see films. It's a good one. Um, Sam is a charmer. He's British. If you're British and you're not charming, that's a bad sign. Um, 
he is and he's awesome and it was great to catch up with him uh and i'll toss over to that interview right now uh before uh, i do that though just a little reminder as always go over to wolfpop.com check out all the amazing podcasts over there go to the message boards uh hit me up on twitter joshua horowitz and most importantly sit back relax continue running on the treadmill doing continue driving pay attention to wherever you're going and just listen to me, and more importantly, Sam Claflin. Here you go. I can't. I can't even see you like shrouded in. It's fine. <laughs> I'm. I'm hairy. It's like an inquisition. I feel like I'm accusing you of being <laughs> a communist. <laughs> very strange. <laughs> a really awkwardly high table, <laughs> but only shin shin length. <laughs> We're we're all we're off and rolling. This is happening already, Sam. <laughs> this is this is the way it should happen. This this might be our most awkward setup for a conversation yet in our and that's saying something. I, don't, I, I do feel like the top of my head it does need to be microphoned. So that's all important. For those that can't see, and that's the rest of the world besides the four people in this room, basically. <laughs> uh we're we're sitting in a, a lovely junket set up in a hotel yeah, and, and in a very creepy dark room with really big lights in my face, so I can't even see Sam's face. That's a good thing. But he says he's He's very hairy, which I'll trust. It's good to see you, my friend, as much as you as I can see. Happy New Year, hey? And Merry Christmas and And, and all that jazz. There you go. Happy Kwanzaa. What's Uh, that one? (laughs) (laughs) We're equal opportunity here at Happy Sad Confused. Good. Good. Um, Welcome to the podcast. We've done everything else. Why not do the podcast too, right? We have pretty much exhausted all other possibilities. So this is is all that's left in my life. (laughs) One of us will die here My career is over (laughs) after this. By the way, there's a murder-suicide at the end of each podcast. You knew that, (laughs) right? Guess who? Yeah, I like it. Uh, congrats on the movie, first of all. Thanks, it's man, a, it's it's you. a sweet, great like addition to what I, I know is a, a genre that's close to your heart. I love romantic yeah. comedies yeah. too. Love Rosie, the lovely Lily Collins. She's awesome. She's all right. Yeah. Well, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not go crazy. Nah, she, she's great. It was it was an amazing opportunity for us to eventually, finally, kind of actually cross paths. I mean, I th- I feel like we've been living parallel lives, both being in Snow White movies, both having worked with similar actors and actresses and uh, you know this was our first opportunity to kind of uh yeah like i said cross paths collide and create something that i you know i think is very sweet so it's no uh no chain mail no tridents yeah. nothing. <laughs> i actually got to use my own accent as well it's great <laughs> it's bizarre um, my own haircut it was it was really quite a wondrous <laughs> wondrous opportunity for You're the like person. where's the bells and whistles this yeah, is this there is must all... be more to it than this um <laughs> You know, I turn up every day. They'd say they'd, I've been hair and makeup for about five minutes and back out. And I was like, "Wow, this is this is the best thing ever." <laughs> Who saw um, me this bill of goods of being in pirate movies and exactly, Snow White movies? What exactly. the hell? So um, was was it something that I mean, because it is something that that is is different for you looking in, in mm-hmm. your young career. I mean, is it something that you were kind of looking for, or was it happenstance that the script came in? I think I think I always sort of secretly look for a nice romantic comedy purely because I love the genre so much. Um, but this took me by surprise. I'd read a fair few romantic comedies, you know, in my sort of five years of being an actor, um, and none of which had really kind of grabbed me. Um, but there were so many sort of uh, parallels to my life in this story. Uh, I think everyone's had a best friend at one point in their life that they kind of secretly fell in love with. Um, uh, so, you know, that, that, that whole sort of boy to man and, uh, you know, you're never really a, a real adult until you actually make choices that benefit you. Um, right. Yeah, it, it was a really 
sweet story made me laugh a lot. And I think that once I'd met the director, uh, knew that Lily was on board and knew his vision and which way he wanted to go with it. I, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. It was, it's like, it's it was like a great. nice companion piece to Boyhood. It's another film that I think takes place <laughs> over about 12 years, right? It, yes, quite literally, yeah. yeah <laughs> you shot this yeah. over 12 years, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was my real hair, that, that really bad wig, but yeah. Amazing. Well, so since this is, uh, we have some time to, to settle into these seats, I want to talk about a bunch of things. First of all, just like where you're at, literally. So we're, we're in LA right now, coming off, yeah. I, I, I did my little... Song and Dance at the Golden Globes. Were you? Did you get a chance to see some folks there? Did you go to any parties? Were you in town? Or? I wasn't in town. I only got in town last night. Um, okay. So I kind of missed. I missed that party. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't invited. No, um, no but I, I, I had uh, things keeping me in London, um, namely the the BAFTA right. uh, BAFTA uh, announcement sort of Friday morning. So I was sort of partying for Eddie uh, across the globe. Um, I was in the Silver Globe. You know? <laughs> I went to the Silver Globes. Um, <laughs> they don't talk about that one, but it's it's just it's, as prestigious. It's, it's, it's a more special party. It's basically just um, you and Stephen Fry just <laughs> yeah, staring just at each other in Norfolk, you know, <laughs> clinking glasses, wearing Norwich City scarves. Yeah, um, but no, it, you know, I, I'm obviously naturally hugely proud of Eddie, um, who's sort of a peer of mine. My first ever job, he kind of took me under his wing. So you know, it's right. it's a real special moment for me to be able to kind of look at someone and go. Okay, I'm about five steps behind him, well. but I eventually might be able to, you know. Um, so it's it's really, yeah, I'm thrilled for him and for all the other winners. So. What was was that was that Pillars of the Earth? Is that Pillar, the, yeah, that's right. So what was that? Was that literally the first like on camera TV film anything? Yeah, the first my, my first day of filming ever was my birthday in the year two thousand and nine nine. Uh, and I just remember so vividly Hayley Atwell grabbing me by the hand before take one, just saying, it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Eddie, Hayley, um, I mean, Rufus Sewell, Tony Curran, uh, Ian McShane, yeah. who I seem to con- continually bump into. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad person to pitch no. your uh, That's when to. you know your, your career is going in the right direction, right. I think. Um, but no, it's, it's, it was uh, an amazing, amazing job. So, uh, okay, so, so growing up... Um, since I'm ignorant of anything outside of the state of New York, um, what, 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 where in England did you grow up? What kind of a town was it? Where, give me a sense of sort of where you were. You. The best way of describing Norfolk is that it's renowned for being like the capital of incest in England. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, everyone's a bit backward. Everyone has six toes uh, or a third nipple. Uh, you know, it's, it's you want to reveal today? I do have a third nipple. Uh, no, it's, it's one of those things that... Where is it? It's, it's sort of on the... The best way of describing this is in the, the sticky outy bit of England. Oh, and <laughs> now you know. I was talking right? about your nipple. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, the sticky outy <laughs> bit of me. I didn't know where um, you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the sticky outy bit of me. Yeah. Um, you can use your imagination. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, so Norfolk, the nipple is on me. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. The uh, Norfolk is sort of in the arse end of England. Like, it's, it's the bumpy bit on the right side of it, on, you know, the East Coast, basically. Gotcha. Um, so that's where me and Stephen Fry were both born uh, and, and, and grew up. Yeah. So, so was because I know um, I mean was, was the first love first sports or was it was it football was it yeah yeah it was it, it was my only love really I think growing up um, I, I I remember one girlfriend once asking me um, during during a, a lunch break when I was playing football at school she came over to me and said it's either me or football 
I was like, well, football. <laughs> Duh. Why would you even, like, why would you even ask me that? How shallow I, I am. Please. <laughs> Don't like, you know I'm me not, at all? I'm like 15. I'm like, I'm not going to choose my, my future wife for the rest of my life. Or, you know, football was my life. And then, um, my only true love. <laughs> we parted ways. When did you part um, ways? What happened? I was 16 and, uh, broke my ankle, basically. Uh, Sean Lemon, I still blame you. Um, our feet collided playing in a park uh, and I remember calling my mum up and I was injury prone I was such a drama queen I used to you know make such a fuss over nothing I remember calling my mum that particular day and saying mum I think I've hurt my ankle she was like oh shut up walk home <laughs> so I did I walked home and it was like four days later um, I was still hobbling and she was like okay seriously is this really bad I was like yeah, yeah I think I think it's it wasn't swollen it wasn't bruised it, you know we went to the hospital and the doctor even the doctor said I mean at most this is going to be a sprain it's fine and I remember him and my dad started laughing after seeing the x-ray results and I just started crying because <laughs> I was like this is my career going down the pan I mean, did you um, think you legitimately had a like were you that good that you could have no, made a run on it I don't think so I think at the time I thought I was but sure. you know um, no I look in, in retrospect no I wasn't I wasn't by any means good enough to play for Manchester United or right. I might be playing for some team at the, lo the local pub, but that's, <laughs> that's about it really. So what, what, when did that focus then turn to acting? I was it kind of like Can immediate, like, okay, I'll shift everything I love and hold dear into this new, new thing, this new bucket. Well, I think, I think I tried to balance the two, uh, initially, um, I, I enjoyed any class at school that meant I didn't have to read and write. Um, I know you have to read scripts for acting, but you're um, big enough that people just read them, read them to you. Yeah, at this point, right? it's it's great. It's, <laughs> I have my best interior. <laughs> go on, box one. Uh, Mark says, "Hi." Yeah, no, it's it was. Uh, yeah, so I always enjoyed drama at school and being physical and doing anything that meant I didn't have to be very intelligent. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of, my, my love for it grew and grew. And I remember sitting on my, my ass for like six weeks, obviously, whilst I was in plaster cast and kind of then getting more and more involved in singing. <laughs> it pains for me to admit. Why does it pain you? Because I'm not very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I won a talent show at the age of 16 singing There's a Hole in My Bucket, dressed half as a man and half as a woman. That video is out there somewhere. I need, um, I need to take a break. One second, I need to go watch. <laughs> and I'm back. That was amazing. It's, no. <laughs> it's, it was an experience. Uh, that's all I will say. It went on and on, but I, I managed to win somehow. So um, has, has singing fallen by the wayside? A little bit, yeah. Why? I think I don't know. I just I, again, I didn't think. I initially, when I auditioned for drama schools, went to try to pursue musical theatre and realised quickly that I couldn't dance and I couldn't really sing. So I then just decided to pursue the acting side of it. Um, but I, it was one of those things I was, I was quite not big headed. But I suppose I was quite quietly confident in myself and my abilities like in small town Norwich where everyone has six toes and no vocal cords. <laughs> but, um, I, I kind of went to London for the first time to, to do a recall for a drama school. And I just remember like walking into a room and all the men were wearing leotards and their heads are on their knees. And, you know, I, I quickly realized that I wasn't, really right for it I right. guess you could say did did did, did schooling did the did the craft <clears throat> of it was that something that you enjoyed or are you more of kind of like i mean background wise or what you rely upon in terms of your skills do you are you more of an instinctual actor or do you kind of like call upon kind of like 
method or whatever think, whatever you found? I think it depends on the project, depends on the character, depends on the part. Um, you know, I, I think usually my instincts are, I think, right? <laughs> of course, I think they are. Um, but, you know, I definitely appreciate... I think what drama school really taught me was how to work with other people um, of all different ages and places and different directors have different methods and you know I, I think you kind of take what you need from each person but i think you create your own method at a right. drama school um you know i'm not i'm not sort of anyone's sort of uh, i'm not following in anyone's footsteps i believe i'm kind of crafting my own my own career my own method and uh, you know it's slowly but surely you know not really going very far but Please. fast but it's it's i can't complain and you know I, I still have a lot more to learn and you 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 know each job i do you know you, i have the opportunity luckily to work with an incredible actor or actress and i'm able to take things that they do sure. or they use and yeah i use to my advantage who, who was the first peer of yours like in your age group that like you saw like like they got the big gig or they started to like make inroads and was that was that important for you to see like, okay, there's a path. Like I see this is actually possible. I think, I think Eddie, Eddie has always been, um, not only a friend to me, but like an inspiration. I think the, the, the sort of forward motion of his career and how he's cleverly picked incredible parts within working with incredible people, no matter how big or small. Um, you know, I was a fan of his before I'd even met him. I was aware of him in Tessa, the Durbervilles, for example. And, and Oh my God, what's it called? Uh, it, it, the film that he did, funnily enough, featuring incest <laughs> with oh, Julianne Moore. Yes, uh, um, I'm blanking oh my myself. God. Yeah, um, but I, I sort of, so I knew him and knew of his work, and when I had the opportunity to work with him, meet him properly, and realise that he was so down to earth, so cool, so calm and collected about his career. And he was then, I remember helping him with his lines for Red, which was the play that he did with Alfred well, Molina, which was that, right? incredible. Yeah. yeah, one of Tony, one of Olivier, like incredible performance um and so you know just sort of seeing him slowly but surely kind of yeah win the golden globe has been you know really really inspirational so speaking of folks like you and eddie and in the last few years of getting to know people like you know maybe a little older than you like you know hiddleston and cumberbatch let's talk about the annoyingly eff seemingly effortless british charm is that something you have to cultivate to make I it look effortless so is it something they learn at at their posh schools that they go to, <laughs> but I never really quite got the hang of it. So I, I use humor. <laughs> I use my funny use, face. Use your fart jokes. Use your. <laughs> I'm desperate. That's what I am. They're they're charming and they're all you know. Uh, it, it, yeah, but I, I I I don't think about it. I don't know whether they do or not. Um, is they, they all is, seem is, quite is, is there something like what is the, what is it to that? Like, is it just sort of random? Like, I why think it's traditional gentlemen, isn't yeah. it? Like, we're gents. We open doors for people. Uh, I think that's that's always perceived as a good thing, right? Um, then there are the scary ones, like uh, like a uh, Daniel Craig or Tom Hardy, that like are, are amazing, <laughs> but like I. I, I they scare the shit out of me. I'll be honest. I think it's because of their their physical prowess. That I does think a lot. That, I mean, it's um, you know, I know I've met Tom Hardy a few times, and I can't say I've I've been lucky enough to meet Daniel Craig. But you know, I, again, I admire their yeah. their careers equally. Like they they've similarly crafted such an incredible careers so quickly. Um, not say so quickly, but over cleverly over over many years. Um, well, but, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting to look. I mean, I think they're charming in their own special way. They all definitely are. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of both. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, talking about like also kind of like these other these kind of 
English acting icons. Like in one way, um, I feel like, and I, I know you've mentioned him as somebody to emulate in, in some way, like Hugh Grant for something like yeah. this. Like this is back in the day, this would have been his kind of thing. Like, well, what, what's what's insanely uh, bizarre is that my friend um, knows Hugh Grant, and um, we were out watching a World Cup football match, and Lily, funnily enough, was in town uh, in London and sort of came out with us and. Someone had said, "Oh, do you know what? We 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 should we should go to Hugh's house. We should go to Hugh's and meet Hugh." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, yeah, let's, let's all go." And Sandra Bullock happened to be there, and Lily had obviously worked with Sandra in The Blind Side, so it was all like, "Oh, this is perfect." Walked in, and my friend who knew Hugh, what, just the way he introduced me was something. The way not to introduce anybody is saying, this is the new you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why would you ever, You've ever been replaced by a younger this version is, this of is you. you. This is you 20 years ago. Like, this is you. He's funny. You know, he's great. He does you perfectly, Hugh. And Hugh's fa- I think he was just judging me for the rest of that, that introduction. Um, <laughs> I then lied about my schooling because I didn't dare tell him that I wasn't Hugh. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't. He said, where do you live? And I sort of told him. He went, oh, I went to school there. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So did I. <laughs> and I don't know why. To this very day, I don't know. I want to impress him, I guess. Right. Because um, he is a hero of mine. Like, I love everything he's ever done. Um, yeah. And, and in this sort of a, a film, he yeah. is the standard. He's, I mean, he's, he's the king. So, because uh, yeah. I noticed there's a bit of the, the, the stammer it, it, that pops up in this one, I feel like, because this kind of <laughs> character has, you know, trouble articulating in key moments. It's the awkward, the awkward English, uh, polite, right. uh, not knowing what to say quickly. Yeah, it's, but I, I guess I did grow up watching him and, uh, you know, a lot of my personality, I, I'd like to think it comes from that man. So, yeah, we'll see. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Would you guys classify yourselves as geeks, gamers, or pop culture nerds? I do. I mean, I'm talking about myself. And you. We're all in this together, guys. Well, then this is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you guys are going to get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items, and much, much more. Make sure you guys head to lootcrate.com slash happy, enter code happy to save 10% on any new subscription. So 2015 has started, so Loot Crate's first new package of the year has already been assembled, and this one celebrates the geek and gaming icons of the past. So when you get January's box, get a load of this, you're going to rewind and get exclusive items from Star Wars and Voltron. For example, you're going to get some cool apparel to kick off the new year in style, you're going to get a neat retro figurine for your desk, and much more. Every month, is a different theme, and all items are curated around that theme. They're all inspired by classic movie, video game releases, as well as pulling from pop culture franchises like Ghostbusters and Walking Dead. So basically, Loot Crate is kind of like that friend who knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. That's the best kind of friend, right? You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's crate, and when that cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Done. Move on. So go to lootcrate.com slash happy. Enter code happy to save 10% on your new subscription today. Hey guys, here's a message from our friends over at Squarespace. If you guys have ever tried creating your own website, crafting it from scratch, you probably know what hell on earth is. It's tough out there, especially if you try to do it yourself, kind of do it makeshift, you know, try to just figure out 
you know, it's not that hard. It's the internet. Everybody knows how to use the internet and create things. Yes and no. It can also drive you mad. Well, that's where our friends over at Squarespace come in. You guys now have Squarespace waiting for you to help make you make a beautiful website without a sweat. And if you're new to Squarespace, now is the time to jump on board with Squarespace 7. It's got a ton of awesome features to it, including a redesigned user interface, integration with Google Apps, a partnership with Getty Images, new design templates, a ton of new features. All of them you can read about, by the way, over at squarespace.com slash seven. And there is also the stuff they've always had that's key to the brand, including a beautiful design, simple and powerful tools, and 24-7 support via live chat and email, and that is invaluable. So guys, now is the time. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code HAPPY to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our very lovely little podcast. That's promo code HAPPY. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. So talking, <laughs> talking about moments like that, these crazy kind of moments in one's career or life where you find yourself in a room with Sandra Bullock and Hugh <laughs> and you're just, it's in a casual setting. Like, are you, I don't know, for, you know, on my end, which I'm leading a much different sort of a life than you, but I get the chance to also kind of like talk to these amazing people. And it's like, honestly, it never gets normal. It's always bizarre and insane yeah. for you. Are you able to kind of compartmentalize and enjoy kind of the moment and also freak out in a way? I think, I think there, there, there are moments of both. Like there are, Specific. I mean, walking into Jennifer Lawrence's apartment the first time and catching fire, seeing Woody wearing a lady's crop top that I thought was his top. You know, I thought, oh, this this looks about right for Woody Harrelson. How I imagined Woody Harrelson to be him with a tasseled crop top. I thought, yeah, do you know what? That, that's totally normal, I think. But so, you know, moments like that, the first meet and greet with anyone, I, I immediately kind of feel anxious and sweaty palms and, you know... Um, but I think over time and the more time I'd spent with them, the more you realize that they are just yeah. like you, but from a different setting. Um, sure. uh, you know, yeah, I guess I get used to it, but, I, you know, I still have moments where I just take myself away and go, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, so, so then going back to, like, for instance, Pillars, where you, it is an amazing cast that they assembled for that. People <clears> like Ian McShane, especially like that had this like storied career. Um, were you nervous considering that was your first oh kind of major God, gig? And so nervous. I mean, I just felt like I didn't deserve to be there basically. And I knew a lot of actors who had also auditioned for that part, mainly my friends from drama school, funnily. Um, so part of me was like, okay, I think they've made a mistake. I don't, are they going to realize they've made a mistake? I don't really feel like I belong. And, yeah, I never really felt at ease at all. Um, right. I mean, other actors, the crew, they all made me feel at home, but I, I think a part of me never felt worthy enough um, right. to be in their presence. And then I'd get invited out to like cast dinners, and I'd be like, why am I here? And I, I remember the first time I ever came to Los Angeles as well, actually. Um, there was like a Pillars reunion in LA. Like they were coming over here to do press and I just happened to be here auditioning for Pirates. So they were like, come to the BAFTA tea party. And I was like wearing jeans and trainers. <laughs> I looked so out of place. You know, everyone was wearing suits. Sure. And, you know, I just didn't really 
feel like I quite got right. the hang of it. And even now I'm kind of trying to get the hang of it because I don't get invited to these things as much as everyone else does. Um, so it's, it's all very new to me and I'm learning a lot. I'm learning on the job. Talk, talking about um, you know, big auditions and stuff. Actually, Eddie was on the podcast and we talked about some horrendous audition stories. He, you know, he talked about his, sadly, his Star Wars audition. He said it was embarrassing. Basically, they just had to cut, cut it short. Like, it's not working and Hobbit. Like, he has these, all these horror stories and he's oh, wow. uh, amazingly open about it. I mean, are you a good auditioner? Do you enjoy that or is that a horrendous part of the process for I you? D- <sighs> There's definitely been some horror stories on my end. Um, I, I remember actually auditioning one of my first ever auditions was when they were making Birdsong that Eddie ended up doing um, into, they were making it into a film and not a TV series and I was auditioning for a small part like first audition at a drama school very nervous walked into a room they didn't want to see me for an, an initial audition but just the sort of recall where all the producers were sat in a room in fact sat around a boardroom table um, and the scene was my character crawling through uh, a cave, uh, you know, or a tunnel. Um, and he had two lines. One was, no! And the second was, they're coming! <laughs> but, uh, you know, they told, they didn't give me the script until I got there. I, I sort of flicked through. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was like, how do you expect me to audition <laughs> crawling on a tape? Like, whilst I was sort of sat at a boardroom table with like 16 people looking at me, um, there was like, action. So I sort of flicked through the page went, no! <laughs> Flip through the next page. He has a line. Okay, my line. No, no, no line. I was just flicking through and just went on for about 15 minutes with two lines. It was like, I mean, it was just <laughs> an absolute mare. Um, I still think one of my favourite stories uh, of an audition that, you know, was nothing to do with me, in fact. But you, you hear these sort of horror stories about commercial auditions and sure. I've never been to one, but... um. I remember walking into this this place where a lot of auditions take place in London and coming out was one of my friends from drama school, tiny little bald Irish guy, ginger, um, you know, tiny bits, of wisps of hair on his face, um, coming out of this audition. So I, he, I was like, oh, what are, you, what are you here for, man? He was like, oh, commercial audition. So I expected to walk in and there be, you know, uh, 25 people of the same ilk, sure. the same sort of build. I walked in, there was 25, I'd say, seven-foot black men who were built, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so large men. And I, I just sort of walked in and was like, he must have come to the wrong audition. <laughs> this is, and they were all wearing, like, Speedos. Sure. And, I, you know, I just remember sitting there myself kind of going, this is so awkward. I feel so out of place. <laughs> and I was going to a different audition, different room, but he he had been there for that audition. And I eventually called him afterwards so what what was that about and he went oh it was a before and after type thing oh amazing he said but i quickly realized i wasn't black <laughs> so <laughs> i needed to yeah <laughs> it's uh, but i mean you know some of those stories are just incredible yeah they stick with you for a lifetime the um yeah. I, the first time i think i, I know I, I met you was uh when i sat down with the cast of snow white and it was it was yeah. the four you know key key folks which was I, I love that movie and i love that cast i, I honestly that each of you guys like in your own ways are people some of my favorite people to talk to but you're also we're so wildly different and are so wildly different yeah all four of us i suppose yeah it's like a very like bizarrely like great disparate kind of group of personalities did you did you did you gravitate towards one did you bond with one in particular did you feel like you were i think naturally um 
because despite my feminine <laughs> um, persona, um, I, you know, a part of me is very masculine. I, I, I like to look up to Chris Hemsworth as, as <laughs> the man that I want to be, uh, will never be. Uh, and in fact, there's a funny story. Only recently, uh, randomly, he was f- coming off the back of Avengers, I think. And I went to my local gym, uh, as you do, um, and <laughs> in comes Chris Hemsworth to my gym. I was like, mate, he's said, hello, mate. So, uh, you know, we sort of went to the change rooms, got changed, go to the gym, and I start working out, and then next to me comes Chris. I'm like, oh, please don't work out next to me, man. <laughs> like, seriously? I usually feel pretty good about myself in this gym. It's usually full of old men. But the fact that you're standing right next no. to me doing double the amount of everything. He's, like, asking for more weight. breaking a sweat, yeah, exactly. you know? I'm like, get out of my life. Um, but he he really is. Like, we, we got on like a house on fire, I'd like to think. Um, and, you know, then, obviously, with Liam during Hunger Games. So yeah. I know that... I knew that Liam was a good guy, knowing that Chris was a good guy, and um, yeah, we, we we kind of bonded quite quite a lot. I think over music mainly, and then yeah. over everything else. Did you see that video that popped up? I think it was actually for a Catching Fire promo, but it just popped up recently. That Woody apparently, until like an interview, did not realize that Liam and Chris were brothers. No, it's come a, on! I swear to God, you have to look this up. It's actually amazing. I mean, we love Woody, but he's in his own kind of fantastic <laughs> world. It's, the thing is, I could just picture him being so confused. Well, oh, and here's the best part of it I'm, I'm omitting. He's sitting next to Liam at the time, and Liam's oh, just like, you didn't know? And no way. Yeah. He must be joking now. No? I don't no? Think so. <laughs> it's amazing. God, that guy. He, oh, I love, I literally love Woody. Yeah. I, I, I am in love with that man. He's the nicest, most gentle, humanitarian like, yeah, seriously. I'll ever meet. He really is. I just want to hang with him. And where is he? Like Hawaii or something? Is that where he has a place? Or yeah, right? yeah. I mean, he, he's just so cool. He's just so cool. So was we've, we've talked obviously about how you know the Catching Fire and Finnick came came about, <clears throat> and how obviously it was a huge casting search at the yeah. time. What was that? Does that feel like in in retrospect in this young career like that was the biggest shift because you had already obviously done a couple of major franchises but has did that change in terms of level of fame in terms of how you live your life how your career has yeah gone? I mean, I, I, yeah I, I think now um, more so than ever I, I, I do occasionally get noticed or people give me a dirty look I don't know if it's because I just have that face that people want to punch or or they kind of <laughs> you think look sketchy let's be honest you look like a sketchy <laughs> I dude I look reasonably familiar um, <laughs> you look a bit like that guy <laughs> But no, no, you can't be. You're too ugly. Um, no, no trident. <laughs> there's not CGI on my face today. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know, it's it's it has definitely catapulted my career in that sense. It's, it's allowed me to walk into some bigger rooms and meet some bigger people. But, you know, at the same time, I, I definitely feel like I live my life pretty much as I always have. I, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I, I'm very appreciative to be in my position and gracious. Um, uh, you know, it, it's... Yeah, I, I still feel very lucky to yeah. be here. Uh, I, I definitely think it's only a matter of time before people realise I can't act. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, long may it continue in the meantime. <laughs> I'm going to make the most of it totally. while I can. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, spoiler alert, everybody knows about your character, obviously. is, is It's not going to end well, presumably, for, yeah. for Mr. Finnick in the, in the last... Uh, in the last installment was it emotional interesting shooting that final it was scene? the worst day of filming i have ever done in my life i think i actually got hooked up to oxygen tanks because i was so it's so uh it's awesome uh, you know i don't want to talk too much about it but it's sure. it was it was a really hard day of work for me um brutal it was just me you know um um all day and 
uh, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because obviously it's it's not out yet. But sure. uh, it's it's I, I'd like to think this whole entire last segment of the, the you know the ending, the conclusion to this franchise is won't disappoint people. Um, it's it's bigger. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited. So what? Um, I mean, looking forward. I mean, I, you know, I've seen you in this mm-hmm. one, which was exciting for me, especially. You know, we've obviously uh, done some comedic stuff together, and I know your sense <laughs> of humor is awesome and bizarre, like my, my own, hopefully. Um, and it was great to see that side in here and, and, and Riot Club, which is a much different kind of film, but a, a great film. I'm, I'm not sure when American audiences are going to get to see it, but it's it's soon. Hell of, think, hell of yeah. an ensemble in that one too. Um, is this, is this an exciting time in terms of like getting to okay, like you've done you've done the franchise thing, and I would think in the back of your head. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how careerist you are in terms of thinking strategically. Like, do I want to be the franchise guy? Like, it's I, great. I, I you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I really don't. Um, I do enjoy and I'm not saying that I'll never do another franchise because absolutely um, I'd love to. Um, but I think for me at the moment, I'm trying to prove myself as an actor. And it's not to say that franchise movies don't allow you allow for that. But I think... You know, for me, I've done nothing really but, except Love, Rosie and The Riot Club, I've done nothing but yeah. big franchise movies. So it's time to kind of get away from that. And I'm very sort of focused on what I'm doing next. And I'm very excited by it. Um, What's the next thing? It's it's a film called Me Before You, um, based on a novel by Jojo Moyes, um, that Amelia Clark is going to be... Uh, um, my fellow cast friend. I think Sam just had a stroke, everybody. Can we get a medic here? <laughs> My fellow cast friend. What the hell is that? Why does it make it's sense? early morning. You just it got really in last is. night. It's all um, good. So, yes, I'm looking forward to her being my fellow cast friend. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, we'll be friends together, cast together. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a grueling casting process. And I know, similarly to like Finnick, there was a lot of people being seen for it. Um, it's a really incredible story um, about a, a quadriplegic and the relationship between him and his sort of carer, I guess you could say, over yeah. like a six-month period. Um, and of course, you know, there are some happy moments and some not some happy moments. Yeah. But it's, it's a romantic drama with a touch of comedy in there again, but mainly dr- very dramatic um, and physically, obviously, very, very challenging. So I'm in the process of getting prepped for that, which Crazy. I start in April, I think so. And then looking at again at this kind of film that you just that's about to be released, Love Rosie, and the comedic side. Well, I'm curious, like growing up, what were your comedy? Kind of, we talked about Hugh Grant, but like, how would you define your sense of comedy? Is it meshing well with your wife? Is that is that is that important? Can you see the same kind of comedy well, with her? Only I have to find this video, um, <laughs> but. She she continually says that I am Paul Rudd, like off camera, like I, on camera I kind of seize up a little bit, right? Um, but off camera, like my humor is very Paul Rudd. This like, is a huge compliment. I pull the faces, I do the moves, the whole. Ev- There's a video she sent me last night, which is quite literally myself. I thought it was me. I thought she'd taken a video of me in the shower. <laughs> I don't know if I can. And it's it's Rudd singing and dancing, doing his thing. I'll yeah. narrate. It's Rudd, yeah, singing, <laughs> mugging shamelessly in the yeah, shower. <laughs> it was, it was early, early, early. Um, Jim Carrey was very, very, yeah. you know, up my streets. Um, anything that Jim Carrey did, I, I learned 
The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I learned how to, you know, do both my eyebrows because Impressive. I wanted to smell what The Rock was cooking. <laughs> Um, so I basically have an elasticated face and I think I like gurning a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to start popping your pecs. They yeah, go to the next the, level. That's, that's a little far. I'm a little far from that. I've got three pecs to do. I also need three to grow about to seven inches, but yeah, I'll get there eventually. I'm um, t- talking about height as opposed <laughs> to... Yeah. It's funny you say that because I literally once made that reference with, with Dwayne saying you've got about six inches on me and then he looked at me and I was like, oh God, that came out wrong. That sounds horrible. <laughs> uh, do you know what? The, but he... I used to love wrestling. I used to love, I yeah, I, I, anything sort of physical, I guess. So I, I, what I'm trying to say is, I don't, I'm not great at the one-liners and yeah. the, the the quick quip, but pulling a face at the end of a line, I'm, I, I'd like to think that I, you know, I, I, I mastered at a young age. It does seem like, I mean, talking about this next film you're going to do, talk, thinking about some of the roles you've done, that physicality does actually take. Like is is a huge component in all of these roles in terms of yeah. changing your body or using your body. I mean, like you know, Finnick is its own thing. I mean, the body is as important as anything in that to that character yeah. in a way. But I think I think that's how I approach as an actor. That's how I personally approach a character. Um, I obviously take the text and what the facts about that said character, but I I, I sort of work from the outside in, yeah. and a lot of people I know work from the inside out and. But I, I find the physicality of the character, how he walks, what he does. I'm obsessed with hands. I, I, I always have been. I don't know why. Like, I'll sit on a tube and I'm interested in how people, what people do um, right. with their fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Without being on camera, this is so strange. It's, it's, it's strange in the room, too. I I'll love be watching honest. people and what they do with their fingers. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm putting my hands underneath my legs. I don't want you to look at my fingers. I'm judging you. <laughs> Um, Do that thing you did with your fingers again, Josh. <laughs> I don't want to, Sam. Are you impatient? Are you impatient? <laughs> oh, he's calm. Yeah, no, it's it. it yeah, it, that that for me is. I'm also. Do you know what? Um, I just remember one of the first times I ever met you was during the Snow White press stuff, yeah. and you giving me Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, that's right. The the novel. The first time I, I read that novel in the end, by the way. Oh, how, how um, did you enjoy it? I, I enjoyed it in certain ways. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got some enjoyment out of it, but um, you know, no, I, I, I'm fun. excited for the film. I, I, funnily enough, I met Jamie Dornan through Eddie Redmayne on Pillars of the Earth. So, in the sense of being excited for him and what's to come, you know, yeah. I, I think he's a very exciting actor as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it's I, I'm excited for that film. Uh, you know, I, I just sort of only just thought of it because that bizarre I saw moment. Your face. <laughs> I'm glad that my face is associated with Fifty Shades of Grey for you. <laughs> that's, that's what I think about when I was reading the book. That you were my Christian Grey. Enjoy it. So <laughs> this isn't as sexy as I, as everybody else is saying it. You is. are the Anastasia Steele to my Christian Grey. I was going to say at least my face didn't pop over, over <laughs> Anastasia. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Who? Um, and then in terms of, uh, oh, let me ask you this section. I'm curious. Uh, is theater something that's, that's important to you? Is that something that? Yeah. Um, yeah. it's something, you know, I, my, my training was in theater, like growing up, that was what, you know, gave me the acting bug in the first place. So I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to going back to the stage. It's just a matter of finding the right project and the right part again. Um, but also the right amount of time. And I don't mean to sort of, I, I just don't want to be sort of doing the same thing sure. over and over and over again for uh, like about a year and a half, you know, which can happen. Um, but I, I think for the right part, I'd be happy to happy to jump, tread the boards, as they say. Um, so, yeah, there, there have been a few 
options thus far and there are a few Hopefully, will be a few more to come. So, uh, in our winning moments, I think um, we both have to go because a junket day is at hand. Are you excited oh, for the junket day? It's going to be fun. Junk day. <laughs> no, I it's the first one I've done since like November, so I'm not very much looking forward to it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I do enjoy this, and it'll be good to see Lily again, who I can hear whispering I in the background. A cameo by Lily Collins Jesus on the podcast. <laughs> God, should ruin it always. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'll let you get to the uh, horrible drunken shenanigans. I'll lead off that day, too, so you can't get enough of me. I know you can't, right? I can't wait to see you again. In th- about three minutes, or maybe 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, yeah. It's always good to see you, buddy. This you is too, a good man. one. Thank you, dude. Thanks, Always man. a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs> That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.